The world we live in is filled with so much anxiety and depression. So many people, saved and unsaved, are reaching out seeking for mental healing. It can get so dark, can't it? Thank God we have a father, like it says in Psalm 23, that loves to restore souls. More and more, we're all realizing that the soul just doesn't work without true peace and hope. It eventually breaks down because the soul was never made to feel these things. Jesus is both the Prince of Peace and the Lord of Hope, and without him, we won't be able to make it. In this episode, I talked to my friend Andrea Garwood. She's one of God's soul healers. She's accepted a call to help people navigate these uncharted waters and to help bring them back to the Father, the one who has the power to restore souls. Ready to spend some time together? Good. Me too. Hey, welcome to Chasing the Kingdom, where our goal is to provide hope and wisdom for spirit-led entrepreneurs. I'm John Balawa, and I believe God wants to use entrepreneurs to make the world better. Romans 8.19 says that the world is decaying and groaning for the revealing of God's sons and daughters. And that means the world needs you. And there are problems that can't be solved until you step into your God-given identity. If you want to stir up those gifts, then you're in the right place. Let's get hyped up for today's show. Today in the podcast, we have Andrea Garwood. I call her PA for short because she used to be one of my pastors. And because of my Filipino upbringing, there's no way I could call her by her first name. And so it is an honor. Right. It's an honor to have you on the podcast, PA. PA is um, just an amazing woman. She is doing stuff for the kingdom. She is uh, she has built a thriving mental health practice, and I wanted her in the show as soon as I could. We could fix our schedules together. We've been trying to connect for the longest time, and uh, today is the day where we finally get to meet. So, welcome, PA. Thank you so much. I appreciate you inviting me. I'm honored to be on your show. Thank you so much. <laughs> oh, I love you. Um, so, you know, interesting to just start the show, you know, you being a, you know, mental health uh, professional. And I want to get to your practice and learn about that. Um, but how how did you even get interested in in mental health and, and therapy? Okay. Well, I, I truly believe that God made me to be a, a, a mental health um, clinician, a psychotherapist, whatever words you want to use for that. I um, actually, when I was young, there were, um, I loved being around older people and listening to their wisdom. And um, so I, I kind of found myself just sitting around because I was really anchored to my grandmother wherever she went. I wanted to go. And my nanny, who I call my grandmother. And I uh, literally um, would then start to just engage in conversations. I think when I was young that people would talk and I would listen and I enjoyed learning about people. 
And, um, but I never really um, knew what mental health was about, honestly, until I was an adult. But I knew that um, just looking back as an adult, like how God prepared me and how he kind of put me on the path to be where I am. So initially, my mother is uh, was a pastor, my mom and dad, as you know, but um, her um, what brought money into the house was her job as an RN. And so I thought that's what I would want to do with my life. But in high school, I did some volunteer work in the hospital and realized, no, 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 I, I want to help people, but not in that capacity. I just, I had this, the weak stomach when I saw deep wounds. And you didn't want to see the blood. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, my stomach started feeling queasy and I would want to fall out on the floor. So I knew that most of my life I wanted to be a nurse. But right before I graduated, I knew that was not going to be the profession for me. But I did want to help people because both my parents were helpers. So I um, just basically to I, I then decided I wanted to do um, law. And I didn't like that when I took a few courses and I also took um, accounting. I love numbers and I also didn't love that. Um, but then um, one of my um, uh, teacher said, you should go and, and take one of those instruments. And I took um, a career instrument that kind of tell you what you would be successful at doing um, if you um, answered it correctly about who you are, what are your interests, what excites you. And psychology was on that for me. And when I took one course, I was just gone. I took a second course. I was gone. I knew that I knew that I knew that's where I was supposed to be. So I started taking the courses, but even more than that, I loved it. But even more than that, I it felt right in my spirit. And the more that I did it, the more I realized this is what God made me to do, to be a conduit for um, um, for him, basically, to, to make sure that I am here to um, listen, to be in the hard places with people that are suffering, that um, it's another way, I believe, of ministering to sit where they sit and to stand where they stand and to help usher them through tough times into healthier times. And I truly believe it's a call from God and I'm honored that he chose me to do it. I love that. You know, I, and I love the story of how you tried different things because I honestly believe that a lot of Christians don't know their calling because they're not trying enough things. Right. And they kind of just sit and wait and they want to hear this, I guess, voice from heaven, do this. Um, and the more that I hear from people who are doing something that they love, um, most of the time I'm hearing it's through trial and error, trying different things and then failing at different things. And then finally finding that, 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 that one thing that kind of lights them up. Right. Right. And now, did, go ahead, sorry. It is so necessary, John, because I feel that a lot of times people are in um, careers or jobs that they absolutely hate, but because they put the timing, they don't want to shift. But I guess when you're doing work that you know is meaningful and that you enjoy, that it becomes so much more um, fulfilling and you want to go to work and you want to, even when your body doesn't feel like going to work, you go do it anyway because you know that it has meaning and purpose and uh, you should be out there doing it. Yeah, I was listening to, um, I was actually talking to someone um, who 
who's important to me. And uh, she was telling me like what she was doing. She went to school for, for a long time. And now she's doing it, but it's totally not what she expected. And she actually got into the field. I'm not going to give any details because I don't want to give it away. But, but, but she, um, she, she went in to help people. She thought she was going to help people, but because whatever field she's in is very systematized, she's finding out it's not helping people. And she says it's too late. She feels like it's too late for her to switch, which I don't agree. I don't think it's ever too late, but, um, she feels like she wasted all that time. But I don't believe time is ever all wasted. Um, I, I, I think the millennials and the, 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 um, Y generation, all of them are teaching us that we had to think out the box, use that education and create something that's not so system driven and something that other people may want to do because you have the education, but it doesn't have to look like everybody else looks. So, you know, you have people that are combining, you know, mental health and um, dogs, right? So the traditional way, Freudian way, was we sit on a couch and we talk about our problems. There's so many different ways a mental health provider can, just using my own profession as, you know, and, and animal therapy, equine therapy, like using animals as part of that process. But uh, I mean, that's, I'm sure a, a clinician sat down and go, this is boring sitting in an office and just sit here talking. Let's Spice it up because I know my animals can bring joy and 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 help to bring healing. And somehow took two loves and put them together. And today it is a, a research and validated therapy that is helpful to people. So in any profession, I believe when you have put the work in, you've gone and and you the, the way that it's being done right now is not the right way for you. Then look look to see how you can make it different and and probably save the lives of a whole lot of people who would not have gone the traditional route, the system route that, that you're in right now. But I truly, God, God, God's given us minds to just expand. And I believe that necessity is what is, they say necessity is the mother of invention. Sometimes Amen. you might be the inventor. <laughs> the problems are the opportunities right now, because I do believe God is breaking boxes right now. I, I think that's not an accident. What you said, uh, the millennials and different uh, uh, younger generations are actually uh, paving new ways, uh, new yeah. ways of thinking. That That is not just because millennials are smart and all these things. It's because like God, I, I believe, is really breaking boxes. He He's told me in my own prayer life that uh, systems were going to be disrupted uh, he told me this more than a decade ago, um, and that's what's happening. And me working in in a higher education for a while, I got to be around a lot of leaders, and they, you know, and, and around those meetings, and they were saying that a lot of the jobs that are going to be prevalent and most important don't exist yet. Um, and now AI, that's going to change the game. Yeah. Um, does that mean like people are not going to work anymore and robots are going to take over the world? No, it's not. Gonna, it doesn't mean that. It means there will be jobs that are lost, but there are going to be other jobs that are gained. And so now is definitely the time to think out of the box and pave new ways. Mm -hmm. I agree. I agree. And 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 people are looking to fund that. 
as well. You know, when you think about it, people are looking for the non-traditional, um, especially the younger generation. They're not, it's almost as if they're opposed to the traditional. And so finding new ways, I think it's a great idea. Um, um, for instance, in mental health, um, there are lots of um, therapies that are not necessarily guided to communities of color. They're more towards mainstream um, communities. And for um, a while now, there's lots of folks that are coming up with research that, you know, is non-traditional. We might go out, like I worked with uh, indigenous family, um, and uh, so I had to do some research on what what's what's more effective with that that um, population. And they have some great things about forest therapies and I, I, just a lot of different things that's more geared toward what they're comfortable with. The different traditional um, um, therapies would not be interesting to most of those um, people in that population. And so we have to think out of the box if we want to gather folks that are unlike us or to be effective in reaching folks that may not necessarily do things the way that we do it normally. You know, um, I'll, I'll tell a story here. I like telling stories. So years ago, uh, a while ago, um, Andrea was having problems with her stomach. And she was, it got to the point where every night she was crying because she was in pain and she no longer wanted to eat. She was only eating for function. Uh, she didn't, she didn't enjoy eating anymore. And I had to watch her cry every night. Uh, and so she went to the doctor and they did the test and they told her it's in your mind. There's, uh, there's nothing wrong with you. We did the test and I had to continue watching her cry every night. So I told her, Hey, why don't you go to a different doctor? So she went to a, a, a whole different doctor, did the test, same thing, told her it's in your mind. There's nothing wrong with you. I got so frustrated. I looked for a doctor myself. Uh, I, I made the appointment. I went with her to the appointment and I, I, I talked to the doctor and I was like, listen, you're the third doctor that we're, we're going to, we're, we're being told that it's her in her mind. Uh, but I have to be the one who watches her cry at night. And I don't want to be do that. I want you to put her into the hospital and I want you to put every test that you right. could think of. Cause I want to find out what's wrong. Stop telling me it's in her mind, you know? And so he did all the tests. I, I think she was hospitalized for two days and uh, it came back uh, all negative. She was fine. And he, he was like, I'm sorry, I, 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 I don't see anything wrong. We felt so dejected. Um, it, I was just, I felt so helpless. I, I couldn't even help, you know, my wife and, to get better, you know? And so one of, there was one person in the church who saw we were distraught and he went to us and he said, listen, I don't know if you believe in this thing, but um, I, I, there, I know a Christian herbalist and if you're willing to try, I could set you up with her. And I said, absolutely. So she was like in Kissimmee. So we had to make the, the, the long drive over there. And, and within 20 minutes, she diagnosed, she said, oh yeah, um, it's the preservatives in the food you're eating. Cause she'd like ask us, you know, like she knew the questions to ask what we were eating, all this stuff. And so she told us, stop eating this, stop eating this, stop eating this and, and take these things. And she gave us some supplements like acidophilus and all that stuff. And, um, and, and she called it candida, I think is what she said it was. And within two weeks, 
the pain disappeared and she has never felt that pain since. And, you know, again, this was like, you know, this was like, gosh, probably 15 years ago. But um, Mm -hmm. I I say that 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 um, story because that was an eye opening experience for me that you can't take anyone's word without thinking critically, um, especially with your health and that there are teachings and systems that don't take everything to account and can't help everybody. So I, I, I'm wondering if you're finding in your field, are there things being disrupted, new things that are being learned that maybe things like old systems couldn't help, but now people are getting help with? Yes, I, I, I think every day we're learning new methodologies, right? And um, for instance, I just um, uh, looked at and got cer- not I got certified to do EMDR therapies, which is eye movement eye movement desensitization training, re- um, um, reprocessing training, and um, and it's a new way that if somebody's looking from outside, may go, this is weird. Um, it, what do you mean if I move my eye a certain way it's going to help me resolve trauma but it is so effective lots and lots of research that's there um, they have they, they but if we if, if you are a person that I'm not doing any of that weird stuff you might not get the help that you're needed because what EMDR is most effective is is to be able to take the sting out of traumatic experiences the memories of traumatic experiences when they don't get resolved whenever you'd experience it, whether it's in childhood or in adulthood. And and so there are lots of new therapies that as we think out of the box, if we're willing to try it, um, they, it, it will work. Um, dialectical behavioral therapy is another one. There's lots of new methods, again, but are you sometimes, because let's say for, for instance, stay on EMDR, it's, a, it's me um, either moving um, hands or having an instrument that moves back and forth and your eye has to follow my hands or the instrument back and forth. And the shifts of um, how your eye goes up, up or down or from side to side is what helps the brain to reprocess. And we do some other things with that as well. But if someone's looking on and going, that's cool therapy, that's not going to work. It, it is research methodologies, right? So if it's not something that you're willing to try, you're not going to get the help you need from it. But there's lots of different therapies that's helpful. And it's just who's willing, whether the clinician is willing to take the um, the time to go in and, and train and, and master the skill and then offer it to the people that they're serving. Um, or they can just continue with what they know works from the old traditional way, which also works, yeah. But there's also quicker methodologies that can get you from A to Z in a shorter amount of time than the traditional. So it's um, it's out there. It's just for us to go get it, right? That is so interesting. I, I've heard very good things about EMDR. I've even uh, uh, dabbled in it a little bit with a, with a, uh, a therapist at one point. Um, but that fascinates me because... It just shows you that our body is tied to our soul. Yes, for sure. And for sure. Th- th- that's so interesting. Now, do you practice EMDR? I do. Wow. How how have you um 
have you seen like a uh, positive results in your patients with it? Every time, every there is, and I have to say there was one person that, um, it it after we began the process the first time we tried to do it, she just felt she said this is too weird I don't want to do it but it's not because she actually actually followed the protocol and then it didn't work for her it was because she thought it was too weird and didn't want to uh, participate in it it's following a finger because uh, it's during COVID and I um we were doing it um over uh, online so the best way to do it is kind of use your fingers for the camera and she just thought it was too weird and didn't want to do it but every other time I've used it it's worked it's wow. my, for, for each of my clients yes uh, this this week I used it with three individuals and every time it's tough work it's not easy because we're, we're dealing with traumatic events right but when we put the work in and we stay the course it is effective and there's whole uh, 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 uh there's a plethora of research if someone wants to go online and just look up EMDR research it'll be there for them to see it's effective it's not cool therapy it actually works <laughs> if we do it the right way that is so amazing yeah uh you know i um I, I go to therapy i believe in therapy i believe everyone should go to therapy um you know we should take care of our not only our bodies and our spirits but we should take care of our souls and you know, um, you know my history uh, dealt with a, a lot of abuse, and, and there's been a lot of trauma in my past. Um, one of the things that that as as I've gone through a lot of healing, I I was thinking about this recently. How in the past it was very difficult for me to look someone in the eye, and I noticed recently that I have been looking at people in the eye all the time and actually enjoying it. Um, and I, I was surprised because I was like, oh my gosh, you know, the therapy's working. It's like, it's like I'm able to do it. And so I'm wondering if that has something to do with it, uh, you know, cause EMDR, you're, you're positioning the eye and, and the eye follows, you know, um, the signal, whatever you're using. Is it like, is that, does that have to do with it? You know, is it, is it really because of my eye positioning or maybe the healing that i that I've gone through has allowed my physical body to move how it's supposed to. I'm just thinking out loud. We, I, I won't necessarily say that has anything to do with the EMDR, but it definitely has to do with trauma and how we perceive ourselves and perceive others. A lot of times, um, people who have been traumatized fear um, with fear others because they, they, people are not safe, right? And so it's easy. I'm not looking directly at you i'm not focusing on the entirety of your lack of safety for me so i can stay here longer because i don't have to look you in your soul because the soul is scary for me so a lot of times people who have experienced trauma or hurt deep hurt or pain it's easier for them to look away instead of looking and focusing because it's a way of surviving right it's a way of protecting their own self and as we work on the and we heal those bro those wounded places we are then allowing ourselves to know okay i am able to stand in this i'm able to look and be a hundred percent in this moment with this person which eye contact is one of the way when i'm teaching communication that's one of the things i say 
have eye contact because it helps you to read facial features, facial, facial expressions. It helps you kind of understand what's coming at you, the messages that are coming at you better. So if you are looking directly at the person, you're able to understand. So maybe it, as with text, you know, we can read a lot into text a lot of time because we can't hear the tones. We can't see the expressions. We're kind of reading into it. When you're looking at someone as you're engaging with them, you're capturing not just the verbal messages, but the nonverbals. And, and nonverbals give us a whole lot about communication. And it's not just the spoken words. You're speaking my language. <laughs> I am loving this because I'm actually ha I actually have conversations with God about this uh, because I, you're right. That is why I I haven't in the past been able to look people in the eye. I did not feel safe. I honestly felt like every time I walked out of the house because my dad was so abusive mm -hmm. um, and it was just an everyday thing. Um, when I stepped out of the house, I felt like someone was going to jump out and hit me, right? And as I as I got healing, you know, it's like I start to feel safe. And that's why I could like, I actually love looking people in the eye now. I mean, for, I mean, it's it's just an enjoyment for me, partly because I feel free. And and I look, I, I have been having conversations about God. What was it like? What was it like in the Garden of Eden before sin entered the world and told us we're not enough. What, imagine Adam, imagine an Eve being so aware of themselves and their value and not needing anyone else to tell them that they're valuable, but you just had this oneness with God and knew that you were important, knew that you had something to offer other people in the world uh, no uh, shame, no guilt, just total, complete comfort in your own skin and having this, this relaxed confidence. Imagine being able to walk like that in the Garden of Eden and imagine the peace and the comfort and the joy that you were feeling. And, and so like I have conversations with God like this and I'm like, God, I want, I want that. I want to get over these, this trauma in my life, and I don't want to be afraid to be hurt. And I want to have the freedom to love freely, like you intended me to love. Amen. Don, you taking me out the garden right now? I'm gonna have to talk. Oh. So just be in it, like you're describing. It is. I always, I, I, I often have conversations with God and Daddy. I, I say. When, I, when I'm in this kind of moment, like how precious it is to just be in communion, how precious it, it is to feel so completely enveloped. I always say enveloped because when you close an envelope, it's your complete, whatever is in that, you're, you're covered in it, right? So I'm enveloped. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm enveloped in everything. So I do envy Adam and Eve because they had, they had what we know to be consuming love, right? To just right. be so consumed because they knew nothing else we have other stuff that kind of gets in the way from us being a hundred percent consumed until we get into his presence and we let all of that go then we know what it feels felt like for adam and eve right because we're in completely in that moment consumed by god and his love but his intention is for us to walk the earth just like that john is that you know we are his precious i mean 
talk about, um, he says that he uniquely made us, right? Yeah, I'm one. And when you think about how his love created us, I am like blown away, right? That right. so you made us before we were even a thought. He knew us. He knows us. He there's so much of us that he pre that that before we even existed, he had great love for us, right? He knew who right. we were. So he knew what our uh, the careers or the jobs or whatever you want to call it, our purpose in life is going to be, and he so uniquely fashioned us. If we could just capture a glimpse of how much we are his and he's loved by him, we will begin to love us. That's how I began to feel it. I, I, I begin to feel the all-encompassing love of God. He is 100% love. And I began to allow myself to experience that just because he loved me first. I must be so beautifully made and wonderfully made and I'm a good, good daughter because he's a good, good father. And I'm like him. I am peace because I'm like my daddy. I am love because I'm like my daddy. I am strong. <laughs> I am smart. I have wisdom. I have, I am like my daddy. And I love my earthly daddy. He had a lot of wisdom and he gave me a lot. But John. The daddy God, I could run around this house right now. And just... I am feeling the Holy Spirit right now. My, I, I like my hairs are up, and I am feeling this energy. Let me tell you something. So I, I have been in since 2020. Um, there's been a lot of great things that happened, but there is also a lot of really difficult challenges that have happened for me, and. Um, it is it is the most mentally challenging season I've ever experienced. And I believe that is happening all over the world. I don't believe that is just me. I believe there is um, there has been an assault by the enemy on mental health more than ever ever before. And I um, you know, I'm hearing it from everybody because before 2020, you know, you didn't really hear about mental health co commonly between, like, at least not in my circle. It, it, it's not like, like it's something we talked about normally. Now it's like regular. Everyone is talking about mental health. Everyone is watching about mental health. I don't believe that's an accident. But despite these these challenges, it has been an opportunity for me. And I've worked hard. I've worked really, really hard to self-reflect and to get help and to really, um, really change. And I was talking to someone re uh, again recently, and this person was like, I feel this energy coming from you and it's not normal and and it feels good. And and I knew, I knew it was the Holy Spirit. I knew it wasn't me. And I knew that it was because of the work that God has done on me internally. And um, I've come to realize that how we see ourselves and how we we treat ourselves affects how we could, how much love we could really receive from God and then give out. 
And I knew that that person was feeling the flow that was now able to come through me because I was letting God mold me. Amen. Amen. And, and COVID was a big, uh, when I hear people use the word reset for many different reasons, but it's certainly the world was reset during COVID, right? We, a right. lot of therapy online prior to COVID. And, and I think it was God, God's, those of us who hear him and follow him, his way of moving us more towards where he wants us to be. Right. And, and what you talk about is understanding it because it's, it, it, it's a pandemic. We yes. all danger of death. And that normally brings us to our knees. It all normally brings us to therapy. It normally brings us to God. When anything brings us to our knees, the fear of death, the fear of um, losing loved ones or having lost loved ones or um, family um, discord or losing jobs, all of the, it's, it's highly, um, it, it's, it's a great, chaotic stirring right and right and part of that it set either run, you run to god you run to loved ones you run to uh um to to friends whatever but hopefully the christians ran to god right and so yeah. and we understand that we are mind body and spirit that's my little tagline at um healing for the mind body and spirit and so part of what we needed to do during that time. And I tell you, there are lots of people and clinicians that may have taken time off, but I could not in good conscience take time off, John, because we understood that even though I am going, normally don't, I'm not going through what my clients are going through, but in this moment I am, but they also like nurses. You can't just say, hey, but my family needs me too. And I'm going to stay home. You, sh you need to show up at work. You need to yeah. show up as you know, you're a critical part of the process right now because of the tragedy that's happened all around. So it was necessary for a lot of people to um, begin to seek out help who may not even have wanted or thought about therapy before. And we had to stand and be there. But it also was an opportunity for people to really take a look, do some introspection, take a look at where am I now? What can I change? What needs to change? Because there were heightened anxieties where people were probably able to manage it before, but now it's so overwhelming, I don't know. So let's get to the root of that. Why did you even try to live with anxiety in the first place? Why did you even try to live with depression in the first place? Let's look at why this is here and let's try to work on those issues so that, or those problems are that trauma, um, anxiety, depression, post-traumatic stress disorder, the top three mental health issues in this country, right? In most places. Most what countries. were the three things again? It's depression, anxiety, and post-traumatic PTSD. Um, you know, th that that is so freaking incredible because, Pastor, I'm seeing it all over the Bible. Like, be anxious for nothing. Yes. Like, yeah, do not, it's all over the Bible. It's like one of the things that, the most prevalent things that God says is have peace, have yes. peace. You know, like like even Gideon, I just recently read the, the story of Gideon. One of the first things that that God said to Gideon was like, have peace. Yes, yes. And Joshua, be strong and courageous. It, it says, do, be anxious. And uh, all through the scriptures talks about focus on that which is good, lovely. And if you're not able to do that, it helps so you're able to do that. There's a reason, right? Because the Bible says the battlefield is in the mind. 
in tra- I, I have my own childhood trauma, so I'm very familiar with pain and trauma. And um, and so if trauma takes away the naturalness of who we are, um, right? So for instance, you may be hardened because of trauma, but normally you are truly a soft kind, loving person, but because of the trauma you've experienced, you become guarded, you untrusting, unloving, and hardened because it's your way of protecting, right? It's, it's, oh, I have to protect myself now because I've been wounded. And so you are no longer functioning as God made you. He made you uniquely, right? And in, in purpose. So typically things like COVID pandemic, causes us to look at, okay, what's the quality of life I'm having here? Here's an opportunity to reset my life and to do something different, to be who God, more of who God created me to be. And that may call me to go and get some therapy to deal with the hurts, the pains, the things that are getting in the way of me being who God created me fully to be, right? And me manifesting my purpose and the plans that he has for me because he He made me and if I can't see fully and function fully in who he created me to be, I got to look and say, God, how, what do I need to do? And 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 sometimes Christians don't believe in therapy. I have to tell them, read your scriptures, read your scriptures. Moses had a counsel, people who counseled him. The scripture says there is wisdom in the multitude of counsels, Amen. right? And so they are, they, they, it's not that it's ungodly. God has put people in our lives. Pastors are counselors. Uh, there's leaders should be counselors because you are mentoring and pouring into people's life and helping to guide them towards their purpose and their plan. Of course, with God, God, God's spirit in you directing um, folks, but it's, it's therapy is just another means of which God uses to bring healing, just like he uses medical doctors, another method to bring healing to the physical body. Mental health is just another route to bring healing to that part of our bodies we don't see. The part that most affects us, that can damage every aspect of our lives. Is, you know, I, I always tell people, you see this little scar on my hand? I can remember that scar hurting. I can remember what created the scar. But now when I touch it, it doesn't hurt because it has completely healed. That's what we want to happen internally too, John, is that when God, we allow God, the medical doctor, the mental health providers, the psychologist, psychiatrist, whoever that you're working with, and you're, you, God uses a lot of different methodologies to bring healing. And he also supernaturally heals. I mean, I don't, I don't count that out either. He heals with, through prayer. I have had all of those. <laughs> okay, I've done all of those where... I've been healed in prayer. I saw God heal my brother from the deathbed in a overnight next morning. He was alive. So I've seen the supernatural from I was a little girl. And so I know it works, but I also know that he gives us the other tools to be able to help us be who he created us to be, to the most authentic self. And so that we can walk in our purpose and the plans that he has for our lives. You know, the Bible says that the spirit has been saved. The soul is being saved. And one day, the body will be saved. Um, and so, the soul, you know, it's our responsibility. Uh, there, we have a responsibility in that. And even with the anxiety, like you said, you know, uh, God said, be anxious for nothing. 
And so that means that we got to do what we can Amen. to battle this anxiety. Amen. Amen. And and if we're not going to be anxious for nothing, then if we're anxious, we say it's through prayer and supplications, right? So we are we we know what he also says, prayer and supplication. So that's our first go-to, right? And if right. trust in the way of us being able to actually, as you mentioned earlier, flow with God, right? That flow through us. That's why he puts us in the path. That's why he created um, uh, mental health therapies is to be able to help you heal that space so that you're able to say, hey, I don't have to worry about that. It's easy said, right? Don't worry. Don't be anxious. But if someone is having panic attacks, that doesn't work very well because they've lived a life with lots of anxiety that has now become, uh, become incapacitating. And so, so. I'm very um, matter of fact with folks in the church who are like, we don't need no therapies. We don't need no medicines or whatever. Sir, sit aside, ma'am, sit aside, because you're not even, right. I think you're not even walking through by the scriptures because God That's has right. in our past to get help. And we have all basic needs. And if those basic needs, safety is one of those things are not met. It was yeah. hard us to be able to even receive the love of God, to hear God, because we are so panicked. When I came to the Lord, as an example, I give you a story. I was, as I said, I had some trauma in my childhood. Parents didn't know about it. And I later told my dad when I was in my 20s and he cried like a baby. But mm -hmm. I, the trauma and it was still affecting me. And I remember I, I was so full of anxiety and self-doubt and self-loathing that I literally, if I put my hand up, my brain would be going, oh, your fingers are too fat. They're too skinny. They're roly-poly fingers. They're dirty. They're not um, perfect. Perfect. Uh, what if somebody's looking at your fingers right now? You need to put your hand down. It's too high. You have, you, your, your armpit may smell. I mean, literally, do you think I heard anything God had to say in that moment? No, because of all of the noise of the enemy's noise in my head because of the trauma that happened to me. So saying to me in that moment, be anxious for nothing was not going to work. Okay. Mm -hmm. Thank God through his anointing, the, the, you know, and his word and meditating on that and allowing him to wash me and having good counsel, good people who spoke life into me, spoke scripture, gave me the scripture like Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, therefore you're good. And 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 um, Psalm 139, I'm uniquely and wonderfully made. No matter what happened, I'm made in his image and he loves me completely. And um, Second Timothy, um, I did not give you a spirit of fear because that's what I was functioning in, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And I'm mine. Repeat it, John. So scripture helps. The scripture works, but it doesn't work instantly for most people that are in heavy trauma and, and, and the, the residue of trauma. Sometimes it takes years. Uh, like you said, the soul is being saved because that's the soul that's affected by those traumas. Right. And it's the soul that has to shed that trauma. And God sometimes does it instantly, but I my experience a lot of times we walk through that perfecting walk, right? And we allow that sanctification to continue to happen over time. And where that's where those bad 
habits, those dysfunctional coping skills that we've used because that's all we knew at the time when we experienced the trauma or the wounding. Over time, we unlearn those. That's what therapy does, really. It's help you to identify those unhealthy coping skills that you've developed because it was your way of protecting yourself at the time and learn healthy coping. Like, it's okay to cry, men. You don't have to right. just hold it together. You can literally weep with your, just by yourself or with some safe people that you know will show compassion and love. And woman, it's okay to not have to save the whole world and to focus on yourself and to say, here for your emotional needs, put your mask on first so that you can take care of everyone else. And so that, that, that's really a lot of times what we're doing in therapy is helping to just teach healthy ways of coping and be uh, instead of the maladaptive ways that we learned as we were going through the woundings and hurts and pains that we went through. Hey, I hope you liked the show. If you got something from it and want to bless me back, leave a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and also subscribe to my channel. If you want to connect with me on social media, my Instagram is at kingdom.moves. I pray that God gives you hope and that you step into everything he's got planned for you. Peace. Peace.